welcome to the Levantex podcast. I've got two wonderful guests with me today. As usual, I always call my guests wonderful because they don't deserve anything less. Now, the two people I'm speaking to today, they are brothers and co-founders of an organization called Flores Online. I would call it more of an e-commerce platform. So we're going to find out what it is that they do, why they started it, and what type of challenges that they have faced. Now, Raymond and Alex, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having us, Sophie. Okay, so I saw you both shake your heads a little bit, you know, when I said organization. Is, is that, uh, no. do we refer to it as something different? <laughs> it's actually regarding something else, but uh, it is an organization, but it's mostly a social startup, but a social business, because uh, we are a business. We make profits, but we make it in a way to kind of uh, that has a, a social impact, which is in this case uh, reducing waste. So Alex can explain why the play on words and what frozen actually means. Okay, before we get on to that, uh, Alex, um, before you get into the details of Froze Online, um, I have mentioned that it is an e-commerce platform, and then I think this is where Raymond says that uh, you are able to possibly make some profit here. So we'll get into those details in a second, but my uh, question to you is this. Um, a MENA region focus, is it a SWANA region focus, or is this just Lebanon? Because if we go to your Instagram page or your platform, we do hear an e-commerce platform, you know, that's trying to engage uh, millennials to reduce their waste or understand what type of role they're playing in society, you know, and with their carbon footprint and stuff like that. So well, before we understand the meaning of FROZ, what is the mission of FROZ? Like, who are you trying to reach and where? Uh, so after some research and uh, working throughout these two years together, we found out that actually uh, there's a big gap between people that want to reduce waste and those that actually do. So it's actually a 32% gap. So let's say you have 100 people, only 100 people that want to reduce, you only have like 28 people that are actually doing something about it. So we went out to find out why is that happening, and it turns out that they find it inconvenient. So that it's difficult, they don't know where to start, uh, what to do, uh, it's time consuming, maybe it's expensive. So we started out to maybe change the perception that people have around uh, waste reduction or being environmentally friendly in general. And starting with millennials, and specifically millennials that consume, because it turns out that People that consume or that have somehow some sort of an income are actually those that generate the most waste because they buy the most stuff. So specifically, these are the people that we're targeting that we want to communicate with and get them on board. And uh, of course, we started off in Lebanon, obviously because this is where we live and the waste practice is very prominent here. Uh, but we hope to uh, scale up to the MENA region because, as you know, there's a lot of uh, high consumption also happening there. So uh, basically that's the scope that we have. Uh, you want me to go into a bit of details as to how we do it or uh, we keep that for later? No, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second because I'm going to ask yeah. you probably something specific and it will probably come up there. But, um, but do tell us why, I, I think I can understand the play on words, but you do have a lot of uh, diaspora listening and maybe people that don't understand or speak the Arabic language per se. So uh, please explain Froze Online. <laughs> Okay, so basically it's, it's called Froze at the start, not Froze Online, it's just the Instagram name. Mm. And Froze in Arabic or in Lebanese means sort, 
as a portrait and think critically. So from this sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the message we're trying to, to to send is we should think critically and think critically about our actions and how our purchases and how lifestyles kind of affect the way we live and the waste that we create around us. So, but I'm happy that you got it. I'm happy Lebanese people that kind of you know what is frozen? Frozen so has been frozen. Yeah. No, it's not frozen. It's frozen. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, no, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have if we didn't have a garbage crisis and a whole uproar that happened in 2015. And I just kept hearing froze, froze, froze. And, and I even said to my dad, like, what the hell is everyone keep going on about? What is this froze? And my Arabic is not that strong. So my dad had to explain to me and he explained both. He's like, to froze rasak, you know, you to froze, mm. you sort things, it's putting things mm. in order. So creating some clarity. So yes, critical thinking. And I think that's necessary in this day and age because, I mean, yes, okay, since October 17, 2019 in Lebanon, you know, things have changed. People have started to maybe critical think or consider, especially since they started sorting waste at the actual um, uh, protests. But then you do have countries like Dubai um, that are really focused on this and Saudi. I mean, I was born and raised in Dubai. I'm 33 years old. And even when I was younger, when I was a kid, we were too scared to throw litter out of the window because there was a fine of like um, 150 dirhams. It was really silly at that time. Now it's even more. Um, but in the, that, that, that care for your, your society, that you know, understanding, they didn't necessarily recycle when I was younger. They do now. But why are they ahead of us? There's nothing that um, puts Dubai uh, in a way, I mean, Dubai boomed in 2000, you know, Lebanon has been booming for a while. It's, it's been engaging with foreigners for a long time. It's been a gateway to Europe, you know, for years. Like, why, why is our population so um, numb to this? I mean, the, the country is absolutely filthy. And you can see it, in, or if you live in a building that, and you see the garbage outside the house that's being collected by the concierge or whoever, it's full of plastic bottles, it's full of things that could be completely recycled. So, I mean, do you feel that even the work that you're trying to do, you're talking to, to a population that doesn't necessarily care? So, I mean, there's so much educational awareness that needs to go into this before any type of change can take place. Even Lebanon Waste Management and Recycle Beirut and and Live Love Recycle, they're struggling to even try to get people to recycle and they're actually collecting the garbage. So what, what type of role can you play with maybe bridging uh, the awareness gap and also bringing in these types of platforms to be able to uh, you know, create a bigger change or, or um, an actual shift in mindset? Right, that's a, that's a very uh, interesting question. Uh, I think the fact why they're ahead of us and why uh, we're still lacking uh, a lot in uh, reducing waste or recycling, for many you have lack of rules, regulations, and government. The government is practically absent, and there are no rules that would uh, benefit people to actually recycle. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, one of the things. The second thing I think is lack of infrastructure. So you have a, there are a lot of solutions in Lebanon, and that was one of the first things that pushed us to start. Everything, we have everything. We have the recycling facilities, collectors, even upcyclers, so people actually use waste and turn them into products. Then, but why aren't people using them? Well, 
first of all, all these companies are either private or they're NGOs. And uh, they're still small, they're still small scale, and they're not really exposed well enough for everyone. So, uh, as I said in the beginning, so you have a large gap. Most of it is because people don't really know who or where. It's every every uh, recycler or collector takes a certain amount in a certain way. So it's not really clear as to what can we give, what can we not give. Um, throughout our experience, we saw that, and they, Adam, I think, Alan, maybe, yeah. uh, we saw that actually a lot of people care about the environment. They want to do something, yeah. but they're not able to. So it's not, we don't really need to push a lot on raising awareness about the issue in general, but more about how to, where to link them together. And this is part of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And as part of what we're trying to do, so Kudos uh, is planning to be this go-to platform for everything that uh, regarding reducing waste. So in terms of finding this information, because we're starting out with products, but we're planning to grow the circuit well enough because we're kind of figuring out and finding our niche to grow out from this space. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, I think to add on what Alex said, we can have infrastructure, we can have a lack of policy in Ethiopia in a certain way, you know, see signs, they throw, you were afraid of throwing it, I don't think that's fine. Unfortunately, we have it in our habits to kind of not care and marginalize solely and what they think and how other people think. But the good point in building up on what Alex is saying, you know, people do care. And what we need to do is channel their care, their energy, their efforts into something that will generate even more awareness. So how do we generate this more awareness? We create on-ground initiatives and activities that we've been doing since the 2018. We started with Code uh, of during Beirut Marathon, where we uh, did a plugging event which was running and picking up waste. It was super nice, super successful. We also got a reward from uh, an award from um, the Beirut, uh, Beirut Marathon Association. And uh, from there on out, up until today, we've helped reduce say, about 96 tons of waste. We've interacted with more than 400 eco-heroes, as we call them, so people who volunteer to kind of join us. So, they paid for their ticket, the Beirut Marathon. We did a hike with Rose. They joined us, the Beirut Blast. Uh, they helped us track wealthy glass and recycle it with different municipalities. And there's the activity with the Ndawar. So we, there was a, a pure uh, rebuilding in Ndawar area. So we collaborated with Offerjois. We cleaned up the place over several, pretty much six months then of working underground every week. Volunteers, they come in and they leave. And we set up kind of a recycling uh, uh, system with Lebanon Waste Management, with Pierre, uh, with Pierre Mahalini. So it was super nice. People felt part of it. People want to give you, especially after the blast. You feel that people want to channel their energy. And our activities kind of put them in the right place, connect them with the right people, and they'll be able to share their knowledge with people at home or friends when they go back. So this is what we're working on in terms of awareness. So, guys, what what disturbs me and annoys me the most, and it's not, this is nothing to do with you two, <laughs> it's to do with um, the fact that Lebanon, if you go back into its culture, it always used um, jars and and glass uh, waters, you know, glass water jars. Um, and, and they made everything and, and they reused things and they used fukhar or clay pots and 
and all of this was being done and and it's and it and I don't want to say it's so long ago because I found all of this stuff in my grandmother's house you know so it's it's not so far back in our generation that we don't and can't conceive it even if you go into little Muni stores or the little shop around the corner you're going to find him you know and and I did hear from a couple of friends that these little corner shops, you know, that do have the older generation running them are saying, please don't bring plastic bags, come with this. It's costing us a lot to keep providing you with plastic bags as well. And right now in this financial crisis, we can't afford it. You know, please bring your jars and we'll fill them with jam or we'll fill them with oil, we'll fill them with lebni and you can take it home. So, I mean, these little things are taking place in small, I want to say villages, but how can we remind or how can you remind your your people of their own culture you know and and to engage with who they were and how they used to um act and and at the end of the day it doesn't necessarily have to be in reducing waste it's it's sort of self-sufficiency and sustainability you know so i think this comes back to yes we do have some that care and some that have passion but are they a minority are they a majority and and what type of passion do they have you know so reducing waste with millennials is one thing but maybe understand making the millennials understand you know what their grandma or grandfather or great grandfather used to do that reduced waste you know connects them also with their heritage so I mean, surely this took place everywhere. The Bedouins live like this. It's not something that um, it, it, we're, we're, we're recreating. So how can you maybe do an uh, uh, event where you sort of bring this, you be, be this bridge where, I mean, all of this stuff is available. We, we can access the glass houses. As you said, we can take the glass from um, uh, things that we've recycled and upcycle and create products. So there, there is a, there is a, a large avenue stream to go down. So, is it just investment, uh, money? Uh, how, like, what, what's holding us back? <laughs> Why are we still small? You know, even like we, you were mentioning the other organizations, they're still small. Yes, we're talking about. I want to put the government to one side. I mean, to me, they're, they're null and void. They, they don't engage. The municipalities that are doing great are doing it on their own, like Zahle or Bikfaya. Um, I'm not so. I'm again not talking about parties here. I'm just saying how things are organised on the ground. You can physically see it. Um, so why why are they better than Beirut? Why are they better than Batroun? Why Kafar uh, Dibien? That's where I'm staying right now in Fereya. Is is filthy. You guys saw my 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 posts. You know, you even wrote to me and you said this is sad. It is sad, but why are we? They're all millennials. <laughs> all of this trash is millennials. It's it's not the older generation. It's the youth coming and partying at the weekend and leaving their garbage wherever they want it. I just want to give a small, small point. Uh, not very much related. Uh, why as Lebanese and I waste, but you know, do we want to really blame uh, someone? Or there's always would always both to blame and there's not always only one party or one person that's to blame so definitely there's a big blame on the millennials and the way we uh, have a live our lifestyle the way we live but at the same time during our our grandfather's years they didn't have things to waste so basically things were built to endure to last long because this was the philosophy but right now uh, to make more money we create more stuff because we push people to buy it again and again 
So there's a big, big blame on the industries and how we produce stuff. Uh, so this is going to be make much more uh, point on this topic. I think Alex uh, yeah. can fill up on the rest. No, 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 yeah, 100%. And it's also, right now we live in this uh, take, make, uh, wait, wait. Uh, this linear speed uh, disease. So you make products that uh, don't are not durable. You throw it away. It's cheap to buy it again. So keep on buying. On the long term, it's actually the opposite. So you're actually wasting your money. You're actually throwing your money away. Uh, this is one of the things we actually try to um, to highlight with yours. So you buy a reusable bottle. You end up saving X amount. Yeah, 60 bottles per month, which is equal to used to be 500 euros per bottle. Uh, so we tried to highlight these things. And also, this, this fast track uh, lifestyle that we now have, everybody is busy, everybody has a million things to do, uh, work, volunteering, everything, and traffic. And this whole thing actually pushes us, this culture, this behavior pushes us to, to buy these things because we're always in such a hurry. Mm -hmm. And we end up throwing it away because we also don't have time to recycle it because we don't know where and how it's all time consuming. And so it's like this vicious cycle that just feeds itself. Um, it's quite difficult to really get out of it, doable, but it is difficult and requires a lot of different entities to work together. Uh, from recycling to production, so as you were saying, you, to, to empower these small shops that provide these bulk stores. That provides you uh, all these different materials in, in bulk in huge uh, amounts without packaging, without anything. Uh, there are a couple in Lebanon, uh, also small and everything else, uh, but hopefully these things will go. And as you said, with prices actually, as bad as it is, it had this small positive aspect that imported things became expensive, such as plastic bags, because we don't produce them here. This is pushing people to think, okay, maybe I don't need this, which is somehow how we should be thinking. Do I really need to buy this or not? And uh, yeah, I think I lost my money. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to jump in uh, on a couple of things. So is that okay? So we talked a bit about what is the problem and where does it come from. So to actually really kind of put a hold on it and kind of monitor it, I think we should focus on local production. So the more we can locally produce stuff, the more we can reuse things. And I don't know if I can talk about alcohol, but the example of Saraya, for example, I there's lots of alcohol and stuff to eat. So that these things are not important. We can definitely create a kind of, this is the second point, an incentive where reusing the bottle that the manufacturer produced in Lebanon. Now she is saving money on this bottle because she's definitely buying it from Barasa Bnei. So local production and incentives will help us generate this type of circular economy. As this circular economy Vietnam, we're not going to try to be perfectionist in the way we were, we were, we were talking. I know we're not in the ideal place or at the ideal time. So I think the blast and the economic uh, situation will kind of push us more into locally producing, and this is something we want to bring up. You know, when when we launched the platform, when we were thinking about launching the platform, we had plans to kind of have our own products. But at first, it was like we wanted to bring them in Barat Lebanon. I know this was the easiest way to do. Can But once everything happened the way it is, we kind of resorted to no. Let's create our own products. So should be products. Let's do them. Creating them in Lebanon so we're helping the local economy, local businesses, empowering hidden authors. And at the same time, the animal materials mostly sourced, men horny, cotton pads, 
definitely by the way we're gonna send you a bag and we'd love to know your feedback by the way on uh, so hey the incentives come in there's a lot of shops for example uh, your wellness detective so she has products facial for beauty and she promotes this type of and you return me the bottle or x number of bottles i'll give you an extra incentive for free and i think that this is something is that we kind of promote Akhtar in our businesses people will love it and once you had increased them whatever is that he promotes this type of idea you know, brings your Tupperware to Madame Batikon, uh, 10 grams plus on anything you buy. Trust me, people will start to do it. But he will definitely need a voice to kind of spread this idea. Small entities, they're not as strong as being part of one big community. And this is what we are trying to be for that as a community. Well, wonderful things, uh, Raymond and Alex. And uh, I mean, I'm sure if people are listening, they're going to be like, okay, so I want to do that. You know, what, what can we do and how can we start? Where do we go? So we go back, we, we're again back in that cycle of, oops, <laughs> how do we find, how do we access, where, where do we go? So, oh, okay, I don't have time, I'm going to move on. So, I mean, uh, as you said, this goes back down to access, you know, resources, and understanding, you know, where where you can begin. Like there are certain areas and certain municipalities that will maybe engage faster and maybe act faster um, because they promote this. It's their part of their ethos. So, I mean, what kind of role can you play here? I mean, we'll wrap this up now of linking. I mean, also you have these new political parties that are coming out that want a voice that are now trying to put together their ideas. You know, is there any way that you can submit agendas to them as well. So it can be part of something that they can bring on board. I mean, there's so many different ways that you guys could put your fingers in the pie, but I know you're probably spread thin as well. And you're not, you're not the only, only eco warriors in the country, but um, I'm talking to you now. So I'm, I'm going to ask you these questions because I think these are what on, things are on people's minds, you know? Yes, this is all well and good. Yes, all of these things are popping up. Yes, we have this, we have this, but infrastructure is low. There's no engagement. How do we talk to the people in Dahi? How do we talk to the people in Jabal al-Muhsin or Bab al-Tabbani or Maja'yun? Or, you know, how do you reach these people? How do you, you know, the, the, the country is so diverse, it's so disconnected um, that even these little pockets of joy of, of trying to, you know, like you, yourselves trying to make these needed changes. I mean, you need, you need a lot of people on board for this to, you know, yeah. make a difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I have in mind. I don't know if I have something else to add. eco-warriors working and doing their best. Trying to do their best in their own niche, in their own location. You cannot expect them to grow so fast with limited resources and with limited audience coming to the game. So, my advice would be you know, start doing what you think you can do to help better the environment. So we will need someone from Dahi 
to take up this responsibility and beyond the clear initiatives and eventually to reduce waste. I am sure and certain, or I, I hold myself accountable for this, and I am willing to link anyone that's interested to launch a business, eco-friendly business, how to launch a recycling facility. Anna, I will consult with them and help them and link them to the needed people to their their business. We need to share that information. We all need to help one another. Everyone needs to work in their own location. And this is how we really put our hands Okay, we hope to be this one place, but we can't be this one place alone. We need different people being in different places. This is how we create health change. So I'm sure their own eco-businesses. We're willing to promote, to support in any way possible, linking them to other businesses to come up if they can start their own product. William, everything is online and and Allah, this product is my product. No, this product is a product that's online. Unless you patent alayah. But in any other way, uh, there's a way to make a green business with our information, with our maybe link, like the rest of the community, again, uh, the uh, Waste Management Coalition, again, the startup team, and we are part of Maberitech, MIT. Uh, we would love to help in any way possible. It is the future. And that's something I say, but it is the future. The future is eco-friendly. It's changing the way we see things. And companies are doing this, but I keep not to be eco-friendly, but it saves the money to make more money. So, and that is my point. Yeah, yeah I just like to add, add on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, exactly what they were saying, and really want to highlight on the idea of ecosystem. So the only way we can really survive and thrive is by working as an ecosystem. We have all these different entities that are working together, recycling facilities with producers, with marketers, with all these different uh, resources. In one hand, planning together, then we'll be able to grow and reach these farther places. But we also need to start with what we have today. So today, okay, we have these small businesses, these small uh, services. Let's support them. If I, if I know uh, a couple of services, a couple of these small entities, I support them. I ask them what I can do to have them grow. And the more they grow, the more we can grow all together. So, uh, and to talk also on what they were saying about uh, be your own eco hero. I mean, now anyone can be anything. I mean, we're both architects. We don't study waste management or, or any, anything related to environmental. It's just a passion that you picked up. There's a problem. You Google a couple of things and okay, you have some information about it. Uh, you can do stuff on your own. You don't need to maybe have a recycling facility next to you or collection. You can start removing waste, just like you were saying before, reusing stuff that you have, stuff in the house, turning off the light. I mean, that's not waste, but uh, a lot of things that we do is just wasteful and things just cut off. And that's the start. So when you start doing that small step, you get more interested. Then you do a larger step, and that's how the snowball goes. I totally uh, agree. I mean, COVID hasn't really helped any of these uh, initiatives. It hasn't. It's it's sort of disconnected you from the community on the ground for per se, you know. And uh, although millennials are online, millennials are also ADHD, and and if you don't catch their 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 mental attention in the first three to four seconds, um, you're probably done for. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, it, it is, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult in this, in, in this day and age right now, you know, in these last two years to sort of plan, understand, communicate. I mean, everything that you, you mentioned, Raymond and Alex, I mean, Raymond, you're talking about, 
know, engaging someone in Zahir to to become, you know, their eco leader and 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 being giving giving them, you know, the support and the attention and the exposure to be able to, you know, make a difference, you know, an eco influencer, let's say. Yeah. Um, somebody who's very good at this and managed to do this without social media and 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 through the hardest of times, I have to give him a shout out is Jordi Peyrud from Donner Son Comté, and he has managed to create this network with municipalities and volunteers in every different area in the country. So if there's anyone that you can learn from <laughs> or you can maybe even take uh, on board and, and help to engage the municipalities yeah. and his own volunteers that are there, um, I'm sure a lot, and they're all millennials. So I'm sure yeah. you'll find some of your little eco leaders and warriors in there and Jordi is has the best heart in the world and would mm-hmm. say, you know what, Alex, <laughs> I'm here and Raymond, just let's get it on paper. How can I give you this, you know, this web that I have? It's literally he has a web and he mm-hmm. needs it to get blood so fast. So uh, he's already got that infrastructure. And this is when it goes back to what you were saying. You know, we need to work together. Yes, he's not in um, reducing waste or waste management per se, but he has an infrastructure and he has it working and um, he can easily uh, guide and help. So uh, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. And I just hope I can also be a part of this to help you guys connect mm-hmm. uh, where possible. And if I can play a role, um, exposure, <laughs> podcast, uh, talking, I'm always going to fire off questions that people are going to be like, why did she ask that? But that's my yeah. job at the end of the day. I am a journalist. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm That's not here to, to blow smoke up anyone's bum. <laughs> We're here to have oh, a proper yeah. discussion and see how we can create desired and sustainable change. And thank you, Raymond. And thank you, Alex, for the you. work that you're putting in. Now, Raymond, I know you want to say something, but I did go on and ramble a lot. So please. <laughs> no, no, but I just, I know I was thinking about the and on the last note, maybe, okay, I somehow exaggerated on the idea that uh, we need to start your own business, but it could be an initiative. The group is more like the EIR, for example, build an awareness door to door, connecting my recycling facilities to kind of recycling. So it doesn't need to be something big or that needs investment. We can start small and locally. And for the point about Yuri, Yuri Habib Albi, I love him. Uh, I totally agree with you, Azai. And this comes back to the idea that we need to leverage on each other's strengths. And we're all playing a role, direct or indirect. And we can all support one another to kind of push the agenda that the government is not pushing. Pushing it from the people, to the people, for the people. And I think this, this would really create a sustainable understanding and awareness going uh, very key. So sorry for that. This is my point. Uh, guys, before we go, um, I just want to say that uh, to you and to our audience, uh, Levant X is a crowdfunded platform, and to continue doing unfiltered stories, we do rely on donations. So you can head to Buy Me a Coffee, you can go through the website, or there's links on all our social media channels. And on another point, uh, just for everyone that's listening, uh, just know that your money is power, and whatever you the money that you put in whatever item you're buying, just think of the impact it will create. Think of the, the plastic bag chips when you buy it, when you eat it, what you would do with the bag. And try to be as aware as you can as possible. Know that Froze is your partner 
on that journey. Feel free to send us any message and we try to support as much as we can. Although people approach us with recycling questions, we do not recycle, but we help connect you depending on your location or what's best for you to uh, put you in part of this of this uh, system. And uh, as for Alex, the part of investment, I think we are working in different uh, projects like uh, Beritech and uh, IT with being part of these uh, funding rounds and investment rounds. Our idea is uh, a little bit wider than just an e-commerce platform. We're right now working on its development. So how to engage people, how to gamify the whole waste reducing experience. And we can't wait to maybe uh, get back to you on this uh, on this Levant Explores and share with everyone what our coach was actually planning for and how our impact really makes a difference environmentally, socially, and uh, financially. Yeah, I mean, this is very important. Everything we buy has an impact on our health, on our wealth, and on our future. On our future. You said it. You being here. Yeah. <laughs> So boys, thank you so much for being with me today and taking the time. I know that you are involved in so many things and um, I, you might not be uh, funded, crowdfunding, but uh, you might want to uh, push people in a, in a direction like uh, I know Lebanon Waste Management and Live Love Recycle do uh, require donations. Yes. So um, they're a good uh, couple of sources if you do want to help these eco-warriors, help those eco-warriors. Again, it's a system, it's a cycle. And let's all be part of this and not the rat race. <laughs> let's get off the wheel. You're not a hamster. <laughs> and start to do it. Make your own path in life. So again, thank you very much, guys, for being with me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck. Thank you, thank you Sophie. It was super nice pleasure to meet you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. And much love to you. And, and we miss hearing you and seeing you. So uh, thank you for all the listeners that are listening to such a podcast meaning you kind of want to change the way we live and we all for that. So thank you for the yeah. Yeah. Good thank luck you. with your podcast. Yeah. We hope you just reach you only get more exposure, more exposure to the people that you're uh, what you're hosting. And uh, all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate it.